There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episode four of season two of Krypton. Oh my gosh, this episode. So I think it's safe to say that we were right, which covers a whole lot of different things. (laughs) It sure does. And we got to see Babyface Cameron. Yeah. Uh, He's back to his old baby self. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have any ratings news because this was so close to the holiday and... Well, we're going to say that's the reason. Yeah. <laughs> because it At least be that's anything. what. Yeah, I'm sure that's Nielsen's excuse. Yeah, they took <laughs> a long weekend. Yep. All right. Why don't we jump into episode four then? All right. Danger close. Seg and Adam return to a very different Candor while Val and his rebels prepare a major offensive. I don't know. There was so many things happening and I'm like, oh my God, wait, uh, yay, hold, wait, what? I mean, that was basically me the whole time. Yeah, it was one of those episodes, all right. (laughs) And it begins immediately, because we see Babyface Seg. Which made me wonder if it was from season one. Right. And I was like, oh, look at how cute. (laughs) Yeah, he looked a whole lot younger, that's for sure. Yeah, he did. But he is resting up after they got to Krypton, and an old memory surfaced in his dreams. The first time he met Lyda. And it was so sweet. It wasn't what I expected from what happened with Brainiac just the last episode. Right. But yeah, he is helping him get home, and he, they stumble upon a Sagittari looking through some handmade gifts. And, of course, it turns out it's Lida who's looking for a gift for her soon-to-be betrothed. It was cute. Yes. When you first start, you're thinking, oh, it's just a Sagittarius giving one of the Rankless grief. Right. But, like, I heard her say that one, that one there. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't sound like just giving somebody a hard time. It sounds like I want that one. Right. Of course, Seg couldn't hear it. And then, yeah. You had all this cute stuff happen, and they're flirting, and he's like, oh, well, if after meeting me, you're still going to get betrothed. It's like, <laughs> what? What kind of line is that? Dude, how do you put a shirt on with your head so big? Yeah. But and all of a sudden, she's like, oh, show me how this goes. And when he did like the little tying thing, I'm like, wait, did they just kind of unofficially get married or something. I'm yeah. Like, I'm like, is that binding on Candor? I don't know. Yeah. It sure seemed that way to me. Because you might as well just put hard eyes over both of them. Exactly. And Kem. Yeah. <laughs> fell from his spot and both Sag and Lida helped him back on his feet. 
and Seg notes that this is the very first time a Sagittari has helped him. And with that cheery thought in his mind, he turned around only to find Brainiac's smiling face greeting him and jolting him awake. Ugh, so creepy. Yes. Just like total creeper. So, of course, when Seg and Adam get back to Kandor, Adam thinks they'll be hatching a plan together. Not so much. As, unfortunately for him, Seg has already put his mind on doing it alone and made it clear via his I'm doing it alone face. Which I thought was funny because it took (laughs) me a moment and I'm like, oh, yeah, he does always kind of do this like brooding face. Yeah. When he's going to be like, no, I have to do this on my own. Now, before Adam could sulk about getting sidelined any further, Seg sincerely thanks him. And it's more than enough consolation as it renders Adam literally speechless. He's like, I, I don't get thanked a lot. I don't know what to do. So he gives Aww. Seg a big teddy bear hug instead. I felt bad for Adam right there when he said that. Yeah. I'm like, the poor guy. While Adam heads back to Wegthor, Seg heads up to meet the Primus. And of course... What's the first thing Lyda and Seg do when they finally meet? Boom, chicka, wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, Lyda. Well, she hasn't seen him in six months. Uh, it's true, but... Apparently, she needed to reconnect. I guess. I mean, this... Wow, she is like a yo-yo. It's well, like, how, <laughs> how... What is in your brain, girl? Well, we actually find that out. Yeah. And I feel like that made a huge difference, like what we find out. But up until that point, I was like, the hell is happening? Because I'm like, okay, she's just happy he's back because we get the, I didn't think I'd see you again, blah, 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 blah. Right, exactly. Which, okay, none of us did. And yeah, he's we're happy, but like she kind of just, yeah, was bouncing back and forth. It's like, what kind of weird tetherball is this? Exactly. Of course, on Wegthor, Kim wakes amidst a pile of dead Sagittari, courtesy of a rebel attack. Aramae and the rest of her team round him up along with the rest of the surviving Sagittari. Oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, you survived what, more than 99% of your Sagittari. And he's like, yeah, they didn't think we were anything anyway because we're conscripted. And I feel like he was saying that not just to. Be like, yeah, I'm not one of them. Yeah. But it's like, hey, I was forced into this. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not assassinate us yeah. all right now. Yeah, it's like, well, we would be rebels otherwise. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was feeling is kind of like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. I'm on your side. So back at the base, the rebels celebrate their small victory. And the next plan is to take over the elevator base using the supplies they intercepted from Zod's forces through Nissa's intel. And again, did anybody think maybe we should test this out? Yeah, apparently not. Now, of course, in the midst of the celebrations, Adam arrives caught by one of the rebel guards. Which was (laughs) funny, too. Hey, 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 I'm on your side. Foul telling. It's like, uh, yeah, I just got seg back. Maybe you guys don't get so handsy. Right. Now, of course, later on, Adam relays the good news to Val. However, there's something bothering him. Before returning to Krypton, Adam caught a glimpse of the future while using his Zeta beam, but there was nothing. He bumped into a wall, 
It's like time itself had stopped, and he's worried that he might it might be his fault that somewhere along the way he broke time. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, and Val's like, eh, I'm thinking it probably wasn't you. Yeah. But at the same time, Val, maybe don't dismiss it. Uh, yeah, it's something he's got to look into. There's no doubt about that, because with Brainiac and Zod around, yeah, there's no telling who could have broke time. And Doomsday is still there. Right. Now, of course, we go back to Seg, who is trying to reason with Lyda about Zod's rule. But of course, she's resistant and adamant that they're doing the right thing for Krypton. Now, of course, when Seg repeats a line from the first time they met, Lyda's nose starts bleeding. Which, this is the line that he said in his memory. Right. And, okay, I'll be honest, like, he says, oh, your your nose. I didn't even see it bleeding. Yeah, So I'm like, I did. Wait, did, was it that fast? And she's like, oh, that's been happening a lot lately. And I'm like, okay, I'm telling you, he did something, he scrambled her noggin. Yep, and she brushes it off as stress. And later on, she takes Seg to meet Corvex. Which you want to be like, oh, this is so sweet. She's like, you're back. And look at here's your child. And until he's like, where's Nyssa? Yeah. And, then, and here's your other son, by the way. Right. Well, because it got weird when she's like, oh, yes, she's working with us. We're going to end this rebellion. And then it, it could be you, me, and our son. And he's like, oh, honey, this is not our kid. This is still right. Nissa's kid. <laughs> yeah. And then when Zod walks in, it's like, oh, that's not creepy. She's like, no. oh, she was referring to me, father. And she just walks out. It's like, what the hell just happened? Right. How are you just going to be like, oh, that was great. Thanks for the role. We got to go. I'll talk to you in a bit. Yeah. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> exactly. I mean, if that wasn't a case, get up, get dressed, get out, goodbye. I don't know what is. Exactly. Now, of course, Zod marvels at his father's supposed triumph over Brainiac. Gosh, yeah. Oh, you killed him? Wow, that's amazing. Right? Could that have sounded any more condescending? No. <laughs> and Seg warns him that he's going too far with his ambitions. Especially when he's like, I've seen futures, and maybe this is not going the way you want. Right. But Zod could only talk about how much more they could achieve together with the L's and Zod's working together. Yeah, I don't think it matters anything that Seg said. Because General Zod wants what General Zod wants. Exactly. Yeah, you're talking to a three-year-old. Right. Now, out in the Outlands, Jaina and Dev have made peace with each other, and to pr further prove her sincerity, Jaina offers to listen to anything Dev has to say. Which was interesting, because he's like, let me explain. She's like, no, 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 that's not necessary. Right. But he still... Tells her the story. Starts off by recalling what happened after General Zod and Lyda took over Kandor. Now, of course, Dev became a commander of a group of Sagittari. I feel like we skipped a whole section with him. Yeah. <laughs> How did you survive? How did you go from being shot and having Brainiac in you as part of you, because, like, his arm was all funky, to suddenly, like, oh, yeah, I'm leading Sagittari. This yeah. is totally cool. We need that backstory. Badly. Maybe it's in all the extras we have to watch. Yeah, <laughs> that could be. And one of their missions was to sniff out and eliminate hiding rebels in Wegthor. 
In one mission, they found an underground tunnel filled with civilians. And even though there wasn't any immediate threat of rebels, Lida ordered the place to be bombed. And they went round and round about that. Right. Because he's like, well, let me talk to Primus. No, that was her order. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. And seeing that he won't cooperate, a couple of men in his team worked together to knock him out. One other man who was on Dev's side who witnessed all this was Kim, no less. Right. And I feel like it was good that they had Kim there. Although I thought in the scene when the one Sagittari knocked out Dev, because the other two were either down for the count, I thought Kem was going to, like, shoot the guy. Right. But it turns out Kem was probably like, the hell is happening? He explained everything to Dev and managed to get Dev out then. Right. But it was so depressing. Yeah. Because you can see that Kem was so shaken, like, this is not what was supposed to happen. What is going on? Right. You know, like, this isn't the light I knew, this isn't the candor I knew, and I feel like that's a big deal. Like, we we weren't getting that whole in-between. Right. But seeing Kem look so freaked out, and it's funny because in that scene, you don't even get him speaking, you get, like, his lips moving and Dev saying what's happening. Right. And the fact that he was able to relay that, I, I felt, yeah, great acting there. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. It made a big difference, I think, for the audience. Yes, because you had several, the rankless that went ahead and signed up for to be Sagittari and to see that they were willing to kill innocent people just was not something he signed up for, that's for sure. But it was so strange then because as Dev's telling the story, he's saying the first thing he had to do was see Lyda and look her in the eye and hold her accountable for this merciless act of killing all these civilians. Yeah. You know, and a calculated risk, that doesn't sound right. No, not at all. And it's like, why That's does general phrase, Zod. Yeah, the phrase keeps coming up. And, you know, Light is like, I can't help you, even if I wanted to. It's like, oh, even if I wanted to. Right. And when Dev looks at her, he's like, I want nothing more to do with you. It's like, Wow. How bad did that have to sting? Because, like, you can see it kind of in her face, but at the same time, like, she almost doesn't know why it hurts so much. Right. And, again, we learn about that. And when he asks Jaina, he's like, I will follow you, but what are you going to do with her? Because I think she's so far over on Zod's side, there's no coming back. Right. And Jaina couldn't give him a concrete answer, but she promises that she'll listen to him. And so they're partnering up. Yes. And I thought that was really neat. Like the way she said it, you followed me for so long, but now I want you next to me. Right. Like, Standing next to yes. me. So. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm not your leader. Right. Yeah, we're You're, equal. <laughs> and we check back on Seg, who has cleaned up and removed his beard. <laughs> Yeah, apparently that was, you know, part of the getting checked out. Let's get rid of the excess facial hair. Right. And he notices one of the medics and immediately recognizes Reka. And as he approaches her, she doesn't remember anything of him. But when he starts blabbering about their times in the catacombs, she starts screaming. 
Yeah, and I'm like, oh, God, is it triggering something? And then obviously, yes, because her nose starts bleeding. Bleeding, and you go, uh-oh. And that's when Seg has his little light bulb moment. Yeah, and of course, she gets sedated by the other medics, but Seg uses his name as the father of Zod to gain access to the reconditioning chambers they were taking Rekha to. Right, and let me have the best tech that you have. Right. And once there, he simply confirms his suspicions that the machine retains memories from the reconditioned persons with the mechanic before he knocks him out. And he starts scanning for Lida's reconditioning, but nothing comes up. Like they were going to keep that. Come on. Right. Yeah. Wasn't going to happen. Nope. Now back on Wegthor, Nyssa rushes to Val about the intel she stole from Arame. Which you are totally right. Yeah, they discovered that Jax has built a bioweapon capable of wiping out specific DNA codes in one click. And it could easily mean genocide. And that worries me because that's probably what Zod wanted to do. It very well could be. And unbeknownst to them, however, Jax has already built her first bomb, programmed to wipe out every last Sagittari on Wegthor. So it has a short range kind of thing? I'm thinking so. Yeah. And she hands it over to RMA to use on her signal. That's pretty messed up because, again, not all of the Sagittarii were there by choice. Right. Most of them would stand with Jax, but wow. I thought, okay, are you just... Just as bad as Zod. (laughs) Right. I'm thinking if you're just going to take out Zod... Maybe that would work out, but doesn't seem like that's the plan. No, she's got that thing to key off of the Sagittari implants, I believe. Now, of course, meanwhile, Adam finds Kim among the prisoners and the two reunite. And seeing that Kim's willing to do anything in line with SAG, Adam gets him into the elevator base mission. He's hoping that Kim's integrated Sagittari biodata can get them in. But as soon as they get there, However, the sensor does not recognize Kim. I'm guessing because he was rankless. Yeah. Like, if you're not one of the named people, it wasn't going to really happen. Right. But luckily for them, he uses his data scrambler and gets them in. Now, when they get into the main office, another problem arises as they got the wrong keypad access code. Great. And then it just keeps getting better. Yeah, things go downhill quickly. Now, on the other hand, Seg's faring a little better on his end. Placing the mechanic on the reconditioning chair, he finds Lida's own reconditioning scene. I'm not sure how much that's going to do you, but I guess it's verification that, yep, she's been reconditioned. Right. And before he could dig in further, Zod arrives. And Seg is swiftly overpowered and placed on the chair to start his reconditioning. Right, and I loved it, because wasn't Zod saying something like, oh, I thought you would see it my way, but I guess we'll just do it this way and you'll just love me. It's like, yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Creeper, you and Brainiac, now, of course, one of a kind, or two of a kind, I should say. Two of a kind, yeah. And of course, after the ordeal is through, he wakes up to Brainiac's Grating voice. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, well, we may be thankful that Brainiac left a bit of himself inside Seg. Otherwise, we'd have another uh, 
Lido on our hands. Right. But this worries me because Oh yeah, it's <laughs> the the tech is like, the hell is that? And that's when Seg gets all like supercharged and knocks everyone out. And then he gets to look at the monitor and you see the two people screaming in pain and it's him on one side and Brainiac on the other. Yeah. So is Brainiac still in there? Is it like a splinter that couldn't get out and now it's gonna like fester? You know, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. That's a really good question. But Brainiac was not going to just completely abandon SAG. No, at least not willingly. And I think he figured it out. Yeah, he figured out what SAG's plan was. And so he just made sure that he left a chip that was implanted far enough that when SAG's plan came to fruition, it wasn't coming out. Ugh. Yeah. So now we have Creeper in there still. Yeah. We may never get rid of him. No. But meanwhile. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we see the rebel ground troops are closing in on the Wegthor elevator base. Yeah. And as soon as Aramay informs Jax that the key doesn't work, Jack finds the oxygen levels of the ground troops plummeting. You should have checked. Right? Test it first. Yeah, at that moment, she realizes they've been played by Zod. As Zod has contaminated those oxygen supplies. And shortly thereafter, the entire ground troops are dead on the ground, suffocated. And then now, you of have course, in, Jax do, I guess, something out of desperation or anger. Right. I wasn't quite sure which. I think it was probably more anger as she gives Arame the signal to detonate the Codex weapon. This was that moment where you're like, I can't believe she did that. Right. And, of course, Aramay is able to explain what the hell it is to Adam and Kim in just a couple of seconds before she presses the button. And she but... does apologize to Kim first. Sorry, Kim. It's like, what? Right. What? Yeah. What the hell do you mean, sorry? You're about to kill me. Exactly. But nothing happens. It turns out Val has taken the Codex, and unfortunately, he gave it to Nyssa, who's already well on her way escaping with it right why i mean nissa brought it to you so you knew what was going on because she looked genuinely free and you right. know that she needs to get it to get her son back which i don't think she's getting back but no i don't think it was a good idea when she told you flat out zod has my kid zod is making me work as a double agent so why give it to her Unless Val's a whole lot smarter than we think he is and gave her something fake. I'm Here's hoping. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can. To me, it would be very difficult to believe that Val just handed something that powerful over to her, knowing that she's probably going to take it right to Zod. So maybe it's kind of like the, um, the oxygen samples that Zod contaminated before they got captured oh. by the rebels is that he's doing the same thing he's saying two can play that game and contaminated whatever he gave nissa that she thinks is the codex oh interesting fingers crossed on that one <laughs> <laughs> but you do have adam and ken deciding you know what we're gonna do this anyway and they're like you're probably gonna die and they're like yep it's like oh okay so right when they're about to try to blow in their way into the office. Here comes Sagittari around another corner. And, oh, look, the door opens. Yeah, imagine that. Because it's Lida. Right. 
Oh, Lida. Yeah. And the only five words that come out of her mouth are the end of the war. Right. Because was it Adam? What's happening? What's happening? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. No. Now, I did dig up a little background for the first time on this. Okay. And per comicbook.com, while the end of the episode certainly twisted and turned in a lot of ways, the core inciting incident of it, Jaxer attempting to blow up part of Wegthor, had a weird parallel to the world of the DC Comics. Jaxer initially entered the pages of DC Comics and Action Comics 289 as a Kryptonian scientist who ultimately launched a nuclear warhead into Krypton's orbit, killing everyone on Wegthor. This resulted in him being banished to the Phantom Zone, something that led him being an eventual adversary of Superman. Now, while the details of the canon have evolved across different continuities, the notion of Jax Ur killing people on Wegthor and further complicating relations on the planet have always been sort of a constant. This is just the latest episode of Krypton's unique twist on DC Comics canon, which has manifested in some pretty significant ways over the past season and a half. That's so there you have it. Yeah. Jax Ur, the killer of Wegthor. Yeah, so basically, no matter what, Jax Ur is that person. Yeah, apparently they liked that uh, part of the canon and kept it. <laughs> sort of. Oh, well, what do you guys think about the episode? Shoot us an email at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Head over to the website, www.fangirlzone.com. You can hit our contacts page there, check everything out, just throw out the website, and just also let us know if we need to read a specific you know, comic to see all of this information. Because, you know what, maybe a little more background. Yeah. All right. And while you're at it, if you can please rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on. <laughs> because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends. We do hope you're enjoying the podcast. And for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirlass. And I'm Steve. Yeah, he's got some stones on him, that's for sure. And until next time. <laughs>